God establishes an order in things so that we're able to build on them. We're able to build when there are things we can count on, when there is a structure, when there is a framework. But when we look to break or undo that framework, then we can't really build anything, at least nothing of value. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. As part of today's message, we'll be seeing that the Lord is a God of order. Many people think that doing whatever you want and whenever you want is true freedom. But what many people ignore and or do not realize is that God explains the order of things for our benefit so that we can ultimately gain the supreme and eternal rewards He has in store for those that love Him. When people disregard and dismiss God's ways, God's order, they are doing away with eternal life and blessing for themselves. But when we look to follow, protect, and uphold what God has established, we gain all things good and eternal. Today's message is inspired on the book of Numbers, chapter 1, verses 1 to 19. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, blessed God, mighty God, creator of all things. Lord God, I praise you because you are worthy to be praised and exalted, O Lord. For all things tell about your greatness and about what you are capable of doing. And Lord God, all of those things help us to understand that you have even greater things, O Lord, that we cannot even begin to understand. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, to be able, O God, to understand at least a little bit of who you are and what you are and why you do things. And help us, O Lord, to be able to understand the why we are to do things. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you minister to us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the book of Numbers, chapter 1. Verses 1 to 19. This is the word of the Lord. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of meeting, on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel, by their families, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male individually, from twenty years old and above, all who are able to go to war in Israel. You and Aaron shall number them by their armies. And with you there shall be a man from every tribe, each one the head of his father's house. These are the names of the men who shall stand with you, from Reuben, Elisur, the son of Shedir, from Simeon, Shalumiel, the son of Shereshudai, from Judah, Nashon, the son of Amminadab, from Issachar, Nathanel, the son of Suar, from Zebulun, Eliab, the son of Helan, from the sons of Joseph, from Ephraim, Elishama, and the son of Amihud, from Manasseh, Gamaliel, the son of Pedishur, from Benjamin, Adidin, the son of Hideoni, from Dan, Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai, from Asher, Pagiel, the son of Okran, from Gad, Eliasaph, the son of Duel, from Naphtali, Ahira, the son of Enan. These were chosen from the congregation, leaders of their father's tribes, heads of the divisions in Israel. 
Then Moses and Aaron took these men who had been mentioned by name, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month. And they recited their ancestry by families, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, each one individually. As the Lord commanded Moses, so he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. The Lord is the God of creation. He is the only one in the universe that has the ability to make something out of nothing. And as a creator he is, it is within his nature to make things with a structure, with an intended design and purpose. That's why this whole notion that has been made up that the universe was generated from some sort of cosmic accident goes completely against what the Bible teaches. And if we look at everything that exists, it should not be possible to believe that such an accident could have even been possible when that started everything. Nothing is an accident. Even with the existence of sin, a definite design and purpose is still quite evident and tangible. Some of the greatest scientific minds in history also perceive this design, this order, and that there must be a designer or creator involved. For instance, Einstein said, the basic laws of the universe are simple, but because our senses are limited, we can't grasp them. There is a pattern in creation. Francis Bacon, where we get the scientific method from, also had this to say, God has in fact written two books, not just one. Of course, we're all familiar with the first book he wrote, namely scripture, but he has written a second book called Creation. And Robert Boyle, who is considered today the first modern chemist, also said, God is the author of the universe and the free establisher of the laws of motion. All three of these men were considered outstanding by society because they were very intelligent men. Yet each of these men saw something quite clearly, that there is a creation and that God is behind it, and they saw it through a pattern, through the order that exists. Whether people want to believe it or not, we count on his structure every day. And though we live oblivious to what he has created because of our limited capacities, does not make his work less significant. For it is written, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Everything that is created speaks of God and his eternal power. Creation itself tells of who he is and what he is capable of doing through its incredible and magnificent order and structure. The psalmist said, the heavens are yours, the earth also is yours, the world and all its fullness you have founded them. Think about all the things we depend on that are way beyond our capabilities. There is the immeasurable expanse of space and time where our very small and insignificant planet seems to float in, but by the grace and power of God, not aimlessly nor out of order, but rather there is this incredible precision that makes our existence possible. Through our limited knowledge, we now know that there are other galaxies, other systems, and of course, other planets and stars, all carefully placed and established exactly where God put them through the sound of his voice, by the utterance of his word. Today, we can see things through special equipment and technology, things that our naked eye cannot contemplate, such as protons, neutrons, and electrons. And we know of quarks now, the components that make up these protons and neutrons, which is the smallest thing we know of today. According to our science, there is nothing smaller in the universe. And these very minute and almost invisible things exist because God willed them to exist. We cannot create a single thing without using what already exists. 
One of our physical laws known as the law of conservation of matter says the same amount of matter exists before and after the change. None is created or destroyed. All matter in our physical world cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change form. The Bible explains existence in this way. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. So what does this all have to do with today's passage? God establishes an order in things so that we're able to build on them. We're able to build when there are things we can count on, when there is a structure, when there is a framework. But when we look to break or undo that framework, then we can't really build anything, at least nothing of value. One of the things that society is breaking apart is the family unit, starting with marriage. That is the basic building block for the institution that God created when he made the woman. God created the woman for man. This is what we read in Genesis chapter 2 where it says, And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And so God's purpose was that man would not be alone, but also so that both man and woman could build something together. Notice that God said that he would make him a helper comparable to him. It was always God's plan for the institution of marriage to be the building block for society. But what has happened over the years? Divorce has become a normal cycle of marriage now. Some people even say jokingly when introducing their wives, please meet my future ex-wife. And also, it is very common to have people just living together, treating that as their test drive, if you will, for marriage. And some never intend to marry. And of course, we have the distortion of marriage, where now in many places, people of the same sex are allowed to be married and to have all the rights a heterosexual couple have. And quite honestly, there is such a shift in our society that being a heterosexual is almost an odd thing now. And that if you are a heterosexual, that you are too traditional or close-minded. And so with this disassembling or taking apart of the most basic building block, we have what we have today, which is mass confusion. There is so much confusion and degradation that our newer generations don't really know what to do with themselves. They have lost their identity and what they are really supposed to do and be in life. That's why you even have this movement now in society where in many countries you cannot tell or instill somehow a child's birth sexuality. In other words, you can't label your child as either being a female or a male, but rather they will label themselves when they find out on their own who they want to be. If that isn't the product of mass confusion, I don't know what is. 
Our world will continue to fall apart if we as a society continue to do away with the order and structure that God created. When we ultimately try to do away with God, Probably many of you will disagree with this view, but nothing good can come out of things if people try to take apart more and more what God has created, and when they do it knowingly, knowing the truth of God and knowing Jesus Christ. We see this issue even in our food supply. Rather than letting our fruits and vegetables be grown normally as they occur in nature, the food industry has experimented with genetic engineering or tampering with the normal process to supposedly make better and or more productive what we harvest today. We have processed so much natural foods that we have what we have today. We as a society have introduced unnatural processes into the production of our food supply that is making us sick. Is it any wonder that there is so much cancer in the world? And we even see small children developing cancer. So again, we are bringing upon ourselves terrible harm through our experimentation and constant rebellion against God and against the way he has created and structured things. We really have no reason to deviate away from the structure, no matter how much we try to justify our deviations. How can I say this? We need to look at the things that do exist that we have no control over and how well those function. There is so much we take for granted that the Lord does all of the time that we really have no idea. It is truly impossible to start think about even the simplest of things and how they work and all with God say so, things we have absolutely no control over. Our increase in knowledge should have helped us understand even more God's greatness and how much we depend on him rather than take that as an excuse to disprove his existence and negate everything he has made. Let's think about certain things for a moment. Do we have a say in how our planet spins on its axis and how it orbits around the sun faithfully, such that we have even been able to build calendars and we use these calendars to organize practically everything in our lives? Do we have any control over the other planets in the solar system? Do we have any kind of influence in our neighboring galaxy? I don't think so. Let's look at the things that are smaller in scale, everyday kind of things. Do we tell plants and trees when they can recycle our atmosphere to help generate clean air? Are we the ones that hold the oceans where they lay today? Do we control gravity for the planet? And let's get really personal here. Do you even think about your own body's involuntary actions, the very ones that keep you alive as you hear this message? Are you controlling the beating of your heart? Are you constantly worried about taking every breath the way that you do to stay alive? Do you have that noted somewhere on your smartphone to remember to constantly take breaths to keep you alive? How about your senses? There are too many things that happen without our say-so, yet that we depend on immensely that are vital to our very existence. We depend on many of these things, yet we exercise no power or even can consciously control them. And we depend on all of these things to build so much. Just because we take so many things for granted does not make them less valuable, nor should they diminish God's importance and existence. And so, rather than looking to do away with the Lord because of this so-called knowledge we have now, we should use what we have to endeavor to understand Him more, to look for Him, to seek Him out, and ultimately to exalt His greatness. Now here is a truth that is unavoidable. Just because people choose to destroy the order that God created does not mean that they will be able to destroy God. 
because that's what they're really after. The irony is that the atheist believes that there is nothing, but yet they need to exercise themselves to try to convince themselves that there is no God. Most people want to destroy the established things because they think that doing so will make them truly free to do whatever they want. They ultimately seek to destroy God's order and somehow do away with God's existence so they can feel free to sin without any kind of concern or feeling of judgment. But reality itself will teach you that avoidance does not change anything. Ignoring the obvious does not affect anything. It's like trying to cover the sun with your finger that because a person interrupts their line of sight with the sun does not make the sun disappear. Just like closing your eyes does not make everything around you disappear. God is unavoidable, and there is nothing anyone can do to make him go away. And because of that, his judgment is also unavoidable. The Lord will undoubtedly judge all of mankind someday, and everyone will need to give an account for how much they tried to live their lives out of his order, starting by not wanting to acknowledge him as the Lord he is. That is the great obedience that the Bible talks about. Our eternal salvation is actually the product of obedience. When we obey the Lord and when we look to live out our lives in His order, under His command, we gain blessing, eternal life, and eternal reward. And so, when people choose to live outside of everything He has established, they only wind up hurting themselves and those around them. Sin does not hurt the Lord. It only hurts us. And if we don't repent and convert from it with all of our hearts and come to the obedience of accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and God of our lives, then no matter what we do, we're only bringing condemnation and God's wrath upon ourselves. That's the bottom line. For it is written, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. God has created all things and put things in order for our benefit, so that not only can we live here and now, but even more importantly, so that we can live eternally. Through Jesus Christ, God has opened the way to correct the consequences of sin, to free us from eternal condemnation. Rather than suffering the natural consequences of sin for all eternity, the Lord has taken it upon Himself to make incredible changes possible through the established order to bring about the eternity and immortality that we all truly want and need. God made the impossible possible, and He did it all because He loves us, because He loves you and me. Godly order and structure are what makes life, growth, and development possible. God prepares and organizes things so that they can flourish and fulfill their purpose. The Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And it also says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Lord wants for us to be productive, to be fruitful, to be blessed, and to live eternally. That is why He created order and structure, so that we can thrive and become the eternal beings He designed us to be. For it is also written, 
and they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So the question to you is, do you want God's potential for you to become fully realized through Jesus Christ and the structure of his lordship? Or do you want to follow Satan and the world's ways that only lead to destruction and eternal damnation through a false freedom? The choice is yours. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, help us, O Lord, to be conscious of your truth. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to be sensitive to your ways because your ways are the only ones that can truly give us eternal life. Nothing in this world, and least of all, Satan's lies, can promise us eternal life, immortality. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for the cross of Jesus Christ. I give you thanks for the shedding of his blood, because through him, Lord God, is that we do have access to eternal life. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we should not try to take things apart, but rather try to uphold them and to respect them as the things that you have made. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need, Lord God, to retain those things that you have created and try to defend them to the best of our abilities for our own good and for the good of others. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that without your truth, Without your word, without your ways, there is no life. There is no freedom. There is no eternal life. There is no eternal reward. There is nothing. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that this world is temporary and that you are eternal and that we need to follow you in order, Lord God, to be able to live eternally also. That all everything that we see will one day will go away, but only you will remain. And if we remain in you, in Christ, then we will also remain forever. Help us, O Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.